Stay the course, fellow Catholics. Stay the course. Keep your eyes on the prize. Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. Evangelize, 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 and leave the results to God. I am Jesse Romero. I am reporting for duty. Yes, Terry Barber reporting for duty. And we got a great show. I, I, was, uh, I just have to share this with our listeners. I called you before the show. I said, heard a great sermon this morning. And the priest made a comment that I think could really describe Virgin Most Powerful Radio. He says, you cannot have love at the expense of truth. And for many years now, many people in the church are you know, giving phony money in the sense of phony grace. They're saying, oh, you can have love. You can you know, live immoral lives and still have love. No, no, not at the expense of truth. So I just think that's a great line. It's just like you can't have tolerance at the expense of truth. So there you go. That kind of describes this. But today, Jesse, we are going to be talking about why are there so many homeless people in the country today? And I, I see them every day. I live in L.A. County. I can tell you what I saw this morning. I, are you ready? Probably 40 or 50 <laughs> families, uh, young uh, people outside the church in Pomona at St. Joseph's in, ton, in, in tents. Uh, I can, we're going to talk about the problem. What is the real problem? <clears throat> Number two. One of my favorite topics, Fatima. Ten forgotten facts about Our Lady of Fatima. I figure I figure we'd end the week by giving people good news oh, about yeah. Fatima. And, yeah. and, and, and the week strong. And Jesse, the need to know file. Right. You know, we have Bishop Joseph Strickland as part of our uh, programming here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We've been trying to get all the other Catholic stations to pick him up. We've got now Church Militant picking it up. We've got LifeSite. We've got about 10 other different stations around the country. But where are you going to get a, a bishop who's, who's going to say something like this? He just tweeted this. Bishop Strickland denounces the World Economic Forum calls for a return wow. to natural law. He said their agenda is godless <laughs> and does not respect our God-given rights as human beings. You know, Jesse, again, that's, what that's, a bishop. Yeah, what now, an amazing In the bishop. same week, what does he do next? He says, and he goes after the politicians. Yeah, see, he's not afraid to do it. Bishop Strickland rebukes Democrat lawmakers who want menstrual products in boys' bathroom. He calls it insanity. He said this insanity needs to be clearly rejected. There's a shepherd. And for those who hold such unhinging opinions must be compassionately but vigorously corrected. Uh, where's all his other brother bishops speaking out on this, Jess? Where are they? Uh, they're silent, Terry. Yep, the pulpits are silent, as uh, Father Frank Pavone said. And many pulp, many pulpits have a condom. There is no life being projected from the pulpit. I'd say never. Father Frank Pavone. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> yeah. How about some more? Uh, any other? Yeah, Terry, um, a, a good friend of ours just passed away. Uh, yeah. George Newmeyer. Oh yeah. He was an incredible Catholic journalist. journalist. Boy, he, his pet, he had a black belt in investigative reporting. <laughs> yeah. He died unexpectedly. He was a faithful son of Holy Mother Church. Uh, he went to West Africa. Apparently, he had malaria, and his, and his family states that he died on January 19th. He was abroad uh, doing some investigative reporting. Wow. Living out his passion, which was defending Holy Mother Church, he's doing some reporting out there with some corruption. Wow! He passed away contracting malaria. Obviously, his family is devastated by the loss. Uh, but uh, I mean, this this man, he, he even he tweeted uh, Terry a, a little bit before, yeah. uh, before he passed away. He said that he he admired this. Here's what he saw in Africa. 
he saw zealous Protestants. He says, quote, as Freemasons got stronger and stronger on the Ivory Coast in Africa, they were condemned not by Catholic bishops, but by Pentecostal Protestant preachers. The bishops only weakly criticized them out of embarrassment after it came out that the head of a Masonic lodge had been receiving communion. So, uh, yeah, he said that uh, the Protestants seem to be strong out there and the Catholics not so much. And there's also uh, uh, George Neumeyer. He also put out several tweets as, as well. He said, uh, uh, December 23rd, a month before he passed away, he says, and I suspect there will be some murders before this is over, maybe even my own. I am not joking. This is getting scary. So he's talking about, uh, he said this on December uh, uh, 23rd. Less than a month. Less than a month. Uh, And he he also tweeted, McCarrick is the Epstein of the Catholic Church. Oh, I saw that, yeah. Yeah. So eternal rest grant unto George Newmeyer, O Lord, and let your perpetual light shine upon him. May he rest in peace. In peace. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, I knew him, Terry. He was a good man. Uh, he will be duly missed. Yes, I got one more good news story before we get to the gospel, the real big news. Uh, this just happened. A mother, uh, she chose life on the abortion table. She was a teenager, okay? And on the table, she decided, no, I'm, I'm going to have the kid, and I'm going to let somebody adopt a baby. Well, now, two decades later, Jesse, two, 20 years later, she got a chance to meet the baby that she gave up for adoption. And I just think how many, I mean, what a great grace that was for that little boy to live. And the, it, when you hear things like that, I just hope it inspires others who are pregnant. And I know people I'm counseling right now to, you know, give the baby up to adoption. Don't let the baby die through abortion, please. Give the baby life. And I think that this mom is so happy now that she she has met her her son 20 years later. And uh, I just think that this is a story that needs to be told. All right, Jess. Yes, Terry. And also just we just it, a lot of people are always talking about, you know, what is this the end? Is this the end? Yeah. Don't worry about if it's the end. Exactly. Your job is just is just to go out and make disciples of all nations. Yep. If this is the end of the world, it's 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 it's. That's God's business, not my business. Uh, if it is the end of the world, let's evangelize. Let's be prayer warriors. Yep. Let God find us standing tall. And if, it is, if it is the end of the world, don't worry about it. That's God's business. Our business is just to make disciples of nations. Also, the month of January, don't forget, it's the, na- it's the holy name of Jesus. Find any excuse to project that name into the cosmos and, uh, and, and, and just... And just uh, sanctify uh, sanctify society with the sweet aroma of Christ. You got it. But Jess, let's get some soul food in our souls. Mark chapter 3, verse yep. uh, 13 and 19. Yep. Jesus went up to the mountain and summoned those whom he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed 12, whom he also named apostles, that they might be with him, and that he might send them forth to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. He appointed the 12, Simon, whom he named Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, who he named Boinerges, that is, sons of thunder. <laughs> I love it. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Short but sweet, here's a couple things that I would say. Uh, the, the first, verse 13, Jesus going up to the mountain, he's, he's like reminiscent of a new Moses for the New Testament. He also does what? He uh, appoints 12 men, well, that's exactly what happened in the Old Testament. 
Old Testament Israel was comprised of the 12 sons of Israel. Jesus now is a new Israel in the New Testament, choosing 12 Jewish men as well to be his, as his apostles. What does the word apostle mean? It means one who was sent by the authority of the one who's sending him. Uh, and what authority do they have? To go and preach and drive out demons. So it's twofold. Speak truth and denounce evil. Speak truth and denounce evil. Or as I like to tell people, love God, save souls, and slay error. Yep. And then uh, you'll, you'll always notice that when the list of the apostles are given, you'll always find Peter first. Why? Because he has primacy amongst the 12. And you'll always find Judas Iscariot last in the list. Terry? Well, said, you know, Jesse, when I was reading that gospel, it made me realize even in the early church, we had Judases, okay? Mm. And in the church today, we Nothing's have Judases changed. now. And so don't be surprised. You know, don't leave, um, you know, Peter, or don't leave the church because of Judases in the church. See, that's that's what yeah. I got out of that one. Also, St. Sebastian, pray for us. Amen. This day today. Amen, yeah. Jess. All right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. <laughs> Full Sheen ahead. Before, he says, this is good advice, man, just for me getting up out of bed. Sheen says, before undertaking a task, <clears throat> great or small, before even making decisions, <clears throat> before beginning a journey, <clears throat> the humble will always acknowledge their dependence <clears throat> on God and invoke his guidance and his blessing on all their enterprises. <clears throat> Basically, you know what, Jess? That's what we do when we consecrate our lives to God <clears throat> through the Blessed Mother or St. Joseph as we do when we were baptized, we've given it all to Christ. So when we make decisions about anything in life, try to be reflective and say, what would Jesus want me to do? That's the question I try to ask myself every day. What would Jesus want me to do in this circumstance? And then I pray and I move forward. But you see, the attitude of gratitude is there because it's not about me. It's about how can I serve God's people yeah, Terry, you know something? If if people, mm -hmm. if all they do is focus on the negative, yeah. you become paralyzed with fear. And that's exactly a satanic strategy. Exactly. Paralyze God's people with fear so they just curl up in the corner in a fetal position and cry and, uh, and, and uh, you know, become like helpless victims. And, you know, Jesse, I'll be honest with you, the last couple of years, I've never seen so much fear in the culture. And mm. you know what's amazing? how that's affected their physical, mental, and spiritual life. It makes me go crazy. And I think that uh, that's a sad scenario. And that's why when Jesse and I talk about what's the truth, that's what sets us free. And again, you can't have love at the expense of truth. See, you can't give people watered-down Catholicism and say that's love. That's nope. not love. Truth is what makes love possible. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. What a topic when we bring back, we come back. <clears throat> Why are so many people homeless in the first place? I'm in L.A. County. Most of them are in my backyard. We'll tell you what when we come back from the break. Lord, come to our assistance. Lord, make haste to help us. Why are so many people homeless in the first place? Yeah. Upon taking office, the newly elected mayor of Los Angeles declared a state of emergency 
to address the spiraling, le- the spiraling levels of homelessness. Tens of thousands of people sleep outside nightly on the city streets. Makeshift encampments have sprung up with filth, trash, and drugs littering the sidewalks. Nearby residents feel unsafe as crime, unhealthy conditions, and disorder are rife in these areas. Experts estimate that there are more than 40,000 homeless people in Los Angeles proper. That's amazing. Mayor Karen Bass declared the emergency to fast-track things and cut through the red tape that hinders action. For years, former mayors, Democrats all, seemed to encourage the situation by offering money, aid, and services to the ever-growing homeless population without requiring much commitment to reform. Meanwhile, homeowners are saddled with high taxes and a hot real estate market, making survival ever more challenging. Terry, want to pick well, up? Yeah, I do. People want action, Jess. I do. The tent camps clash with the neighborhood of those who work hard to live there. Visitors are shocked to see such squander in the modern American cities. The mayor also worries about the city's image since Los Angeles will host the 2028 Olympic Games. For all these reasons, the new mayor will be issuing executive orders to provide temporary housing for the homeless by putting them in leased apartments, motel rooms, and this way the homeless will at least be out of sight and out of mind. However, such, Terry, that's called that's called kicking the can down the road. Of course it is. It's, that's, it's you know deal with the issue. You just yeah. throw money at it, and that's Kick not when working. Kick the can down yeah. the road. Yep. However, such strategies fail to address the causes of homelessness. The the simplistic logic of a state of emergency solution is that liberal politicians think that solving the problem of people without homes is a matter of moving them into housing. It is as if the people were goods to be warehoused and not real people. Let me comment on that because, Jess, this is what people say, think, oh, well, give them some needles, give give them food, give them shelter, and they'll be fine. You know what? Many of these people, because I've been working with the homeless since about 1978, okay? I used to go down to Skid Row and work with the homeless. A lot of these people don't want to be in housing, Jesse. They've acted on their will to say, I want to live on the streets. I want my freedom. You can't control me. I do what I want when I want to do it because of some elements of drug addiction, uh, alcoholism, mm-hmm. the, the downfall of play of the family. I'm dealing with a 29-year-old man, a 28-year-old woman who sleeps in the front of our church at night right now. And what are their problems? Well, I have a hard time getting up to go to work. I said, well, come on, dude, you got to step it up. You got to get a job. I said, this kind of life you're living is not going to take you anywhere. Here's the point. They've been given too much. So his motivation to get out of the environment to go to work is not there because we're giving them way too much. As a matter of fact, Jesse, just uh, the last week, I, I keep these mon- uh, these um, little cards from McDonald's or $10 gift cards. Yeah. And I, out of five people this week that I gave the cards to, half of them rejected it and said, I'm not eating at McDonald's. What do you think? I ain't at that cheap place. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I, that's what they told me. Okay. Oh, Lord, don't take it. Us. I just told them, hey, no, I understand. No problem. 
Terry, what your what your Los Angeles mayor is doing is, is she's uh, it's a female, right? Yeah, female. Yeah, she's simply rearranging the deck chairs in the Titanic. Oh yeah, that's about to sink in the ocean. Oh yeah, just by shuffling people around so they don't see them. Yeah, uh, and it, the next sentence says it all. It says yeah. above all, yeah, I got it these throw yeah. these throw money Democrats at the problem solutions do not answer the question. Why are there so many homeless in the first place? Answer. To answer this question, the first consideration must be a proper evaluation of who makes up the homeless population. For the most part, they're not people who happen to come upon hard times. Nope. A large portion has mental health That's issues right. and thus cannot work steadily. Here's my comment. I remember back, I think it was the 70s and 80s in California, we closed our mental institutions and uh, through Democrat governors, we keep releasing thousands of prisoners early before completing their sentence. That's right. These are the people that are in the streets. Close down the mental institutions, the Democrats. Re release people from prison early, Democrats. And that's what you get, Terry, a homeless problem. Yeah, one of our listeners, Joe, who works in downtown L.A. working on the trains, or the tunnels. And uh, he said, if I, I mean, I've seen the pictures. I've gone down. You want to see trash? You want to see just people living in a, a life of debauchery i've seen it i'll just i'll just share this story right now jesse last summer i went down to la downtown to pick up something from a friend and i was down on on seventh street and uh, i know this i won't be graphic i promise i'll be this is a family show but this <laughs> woman uh she basically stripped down to nothing jumped on my car hood at a red light and started dancing on my car she was high I didn't know what to do. I waited for her to jump off, and then I was like, I, I just can't believe what I just saw. But this is what we're dealing with with homeless people. They are high, and people are giving them drugs, food, whatever they need to continue to live that kind of a lifestyle. And I just think that it's tragic because they're not giving them the solution. The, the solu and the solution's coming up in the next couple. Yep. It says here, over the decades, progressive governments, yeah, Democrats, and rhinos yep. have deinstitutionalized de these poor people needing help. Yep. This move condemned this move condemned them to the streets. That's what I just said. Uh, shut down mental institutions, early yep. release of prisoners from prison. Right. This this move condemned them to the streets, where they harm themselves and others. Other homeless people are drug addicts who are who are also unable to work steadily. Progressive governments have provided them with free needles, like Terry said, and other aid that medical marijuana that facilitates their oh, drug yeah. habit. Many homeless have both mental and drug issues. Other homeless people are children of misfortune. Living without a family, friends, or roots, they have developed disordered habits over the years whereby they learn to live in a world without work, purpose, or responsibilities. They live in the shadows of society with no path to a better future. Putting these people into decent housing will not solve the problem. It will only make them worse. Yep. The mayor will be putting people with disordered habits into orderly housing in the hope that this will change their ways. Unless the homeless commit to reform, that's personally, they will bring their disorder into the new housing and even damage it. Of course. This is a human, not a housing problem. Yep. As seen in places like New York City, the mentally ill will reject the housing and return to the street where they, were, where they will be less restricted. You notice we said less restricted. Go yes. ahead. Drug, because they live disordered lives. Exactly. Drug addicts also will bring their drug culture into these new spaces. Countless homeless programs have failed because the homeless tend to avoid or oppose them. For example, 
New York City's mayor is now resorting to institutionalizing the most dangerous homeless, even against their will, because of the danger they pose to others. Yeah, it's called prison. <laughs> uh, that's where they should be. That's where they, that's where they should be. Yep. Satisfying material needs is not enough. Homeless people are often flooded with material goods, food, and money to the point where they throw away food and blankets because they have too much. Yep. As in Washington D.C., any change must be in the human heart. With people seeking to change bad habits for good ones, there must be proper care for those with mental issues. Drugs. And bad work habits cannot be rewarded. An effective program requires the effort and and suffering of the homeless to change their ways. Yeah, it's called redemptive suffering, which most of them aren't willing to do because they're drug addicts. However, addressing these problems of the heart still does not answer the question, why are there so many homeless people in America today? Terry, pick it up. Okay, Jesse, hang on. I'm just, I'm reading something. You continue on. The answer is simple. There are so many homeless people because they do not have homes. Okay, here's the meat of the article. Yep, go ahead. Homes, not housing, are what is missing. This is is powerful. Yes, it is. A house is a physical structure that shelters someone from the elements. A home is a social unit formed by a family together in a place. You nailed it. The home contains the relationships that tie one to another in times of happiness and misfortune. It is a giant safety net that prevents the proliferation of the homeless plight. Here's the the cash value right here. This is it right here. And yet, the government is doing everything possible to destroy the family by actively promoting abortion, same-sex marriage, and moral depravity. Destroy family structures... And society falls apart as it is now, like in Los Angeles and New York. Take God and his moral law out of human hearts, and all will decay. I want to repeat a, that, Jesse. Exhibit A in Los Angeles and New York. Yeah, repeat that. Take God out of his moral law, out of the human hearts, and all will decay. Yep. Yeah, be, because you can build all the houses you want. Nope. You're not building a home. That's right. That's, there's a difference. Without homes, the homeless will proliferate yet more, yep. and there will never be enough money or government programs to take care of these atomized individuals without fathers, mothers, children, or God and love. Indeed, Mayor Bass from Los Angeles should declare a state of emergency for the family that's now in crisis. Homes keep people from becoming homeless. Exactly. A healthy family is always the, bless, uh, the best place to turn to in times of trial. The vital social unit is the only real solution to the scandalous legions of homeless found all over the nation. Wow. And Jesse, just me remind us what St. John Paul II said. The way the family goes is the way the culture goes. And the culture's a mess. Guess what? The family's a mess, and that's why you have this. Give us the quote from the poet. Yeah, the poet Robert Frost said, Home is a place where, <laughs> when you have to go there, they have to take you in. Something you somehow don't have to deserve. And again, that's what we don't have to. We have a lot of houses in America, yeah. but we don't have many homes. And I'll tell you, the only way a home becomes a home, mm-hmm. a domestic church, is when Jesus Christ is the center of that house and where there's a faith component. And if you don't have that, uh, you, you know what? Uh, we're going to continue perpetuating this mess of homelessness all over the nation. And mom and dad are listening. Enthrone your house to the sacred heart there of you. Jesus. 
This is a great time. Just Google it. All the paperwork is there for you to do the enthronement of the Sacred Heart. Mom and dad and the kids, I know we had our house enthroned to the Sacred Heart. Because what you're basically saying is Jesus Christ is the center of our family. Yeah. Terry, the homeless, I'm going to be honest with you, homeless people that are drug addicts and desperate and can't find a job, they're a walking time bomb. Oh, yeah. They are. They're, they're, uh, They're like zombies, Terry. Yeah, they're, they're they're dangerous. They're dangerous. I'm they're gonna not... give you a story real quick. We've had homeless people buried out of our chapel, where they sat 90 days, 120 days in the morgue. Nobody claimed the body of these people. Wow. So we give them a Christian burial. We've actually found out some of them that are military people. We get the uh, the American Legion involved, and we try and send them off. We have masses offered for that person because so many of these homeless people, when they die on the streets. Nobody cares. God help us. I want to make a few comments before we get onto the 10 forgotten facts about Fatima. Well, let's, yeah, no yeah problem, about the homeless. Yeah, there's just a few things I want to say. We need. But, yeah, you're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. We'll continue talking about this, but we're going to move on also to 10 forgotten facts about Fatima. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Yes. We're back. The Terry and yeah. Jesse show. Two Catholics with a PhD in common sense, armed and living in the state of grace, keeping our yeah. eyes on Jesus, devoted to the Blessed Virgin Mary. That's the ticket. We're just, I want to wrap it up here and make some closing comments about the homeless issue. Yeah. I remember I saw a special when uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I think three years ago, O'Reilly, when O'Reilly was still on Fox, Bill O'Reilly, he had a special. He said, and I remember I, I wrote these numbers down. He says that California. The state has 300,000 homeless people in California. He also said, and it was one of his investigative reporting specials that he was very good at. He says eight out of 10 of the homeless people are drug addicts in California. Wow. Also, I know this was something that was being talked about in California. I don't know whatever happened with that, but I know the the Democrat Party was thinking about uh, a, a three- a $3 billion investment into a 300-acre mega city in California that was all going to be for homeless people. Uh, I, I know they were talking about it uh, several years ago. I've never followed up to see what they did. But uh, here's one of the listeners, Joseph. He sent me an email about just... He, he works downtown Los Angeles, Union Station, and he sees he sees this all the time. He, here's what he says to me. Uh at Union Station, I'm going to work this morning, and as usual, the train was crowded with unpaying homeless people. Of course. Well, it was a little crowded more than usual this morning, so I picked up a selected corner of the train with several homeless young men sleeping in close proximity. I began, my, I began praying my rosary as usual, as I always start my, my morning, conversing with our Blessed Mother. And about the middle of the first decade, one of the homeless guys in front of me woke up. Almost immediately, he became very agitated. He was, he was thrashing around in, in the two seats that he occupied. He would laugh out loud, usually looking at me, and was mimicking me, making the sign of the cross. It looked as though he was trying to get the attention of other homeless people on the train to join in his attack as he kept looking around. 
I finished my rosary with my St. Michael prayer and he started to calm a little, but was still agitated and maintained a mocking posture. I broke out my phone with my deliverance prayer app and prayed a perimeter prayer somewhat <laughs> somewhat louder. Good. And he immediately went quiet and he was quiet for the rest of the trip to Union Station. He says, the perimeter prayer and the rosary were victorious again through the intercession of our Blessed Mother and St. Michael. A lot of darkness in Los Angeles and getting darker. He also says, I also saw a Satanist walking openly on the street last Thursday, dressed all in black with a pentagram necklace and an upside down crucifix necklace. He may have been a priest of some kind the way he was dressed. Anyways, looking forward to the Spiritual Warfare Conference, guys. And Jesse, and you wonder why I do that commercial about sending families out of California? Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. People who come to visit, when I share them with them what's going on here, they just kind of go like, what is in the world? And you guys just live in this? Yeah, it's that bad. And, and again, I wouldn't uh, take, uh, at night, I wouldn't let my wife go out and shop at night Don't, for years no. now. No way. No, no. It's just that bad. And, and why? Because what we just said earlier, Jesse, we've thrown God out of the equation, and we've come up with ideas that money is the answer when, in fact, it is not. Yeah, Terry, tell us about the conference that uh, Jose was that he's going to come to in a couple of weeks. All right. Well, he, we're talking about the Spiritual Warfare Conference coming up in March. We've got Bishop Strickland coming, the man that's been so vocal. We've got Father Chad Ripperger, Jess Romero, and all the guys on, on Jesus 911 are coming out to give us another conference. I have to tell you, Jess, we're at about two-thirds filled already. So I really want to encourage people right now at this moment, if you're— Wanting to be at this conference, uh, you need to register by going to vmpr.org or call us at 877-526-215. Because what happened last year, once it gets filled, then people can only watch it on the streaming services. So that uh, if you're in the Philippines or wherever you're at, obviously you're not going to want to fly out here, but you can still watch it. But those here in Southern California in the States, and we got people coming from New York, Get your tickets now because I don't want to have to tell you, hey, it's all filled up. The only way you can watch it now is to see it on, on the Internet. So this conference always sells out. So just please consider. And, and again, this is something that's so important uh, for our families and how to protect our families uh, regarding spiritual warfare. And we've got, I, I believe, Jess, and I'm prejudiced, Father Chad Ripperger, one of the best, if not well, in, Cal in the uh, United States, the world of exorcists he's written so much on this topic yeah you've got an expert coming out to give several talks on that weekend so i really encourage you mom and dad to seriously consider coming by going to vmpr.org terry what what, what, what dr scott hahn is to biblical theology oh, there you go. what carl keating is to catholic yep. apologetics yep. father chad ripperger is to Great. healing deliverance and exorcism Absolutely. and spiritual warfare he's the best in the world mm -hmm. uh he just wrote an 800-page book on X, 800-page, it's like six font, uh, you know, put on your, your, get a microscope to read it. He wrote that book for all the exorcists around the world, yeah. and he wrote a book for lay people, it's 525 pages, I it's have called it. Dominion. Yep, I have it. Uh, and and the, every single question you want to know about spiritual warfare is answered, answered there. He's a Thomistic philosopher by training, so you'll find that... Uh, he's he's very steeped in, in the scholastics and the church fathers, St. Charles Borromeo, St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, and, and, and he's the go-to guy around the world. People go to him around the world for questions 
on demonology, angelology, exorcism, because he's written, uh, I mean, the books that he's written, I'm telling you right now, uh, one day, uh, with his, you know, God willing, one day we'll vault him into one of the doctors of the church as the greatest teacher on exorcism bar none. Nobody's even close to him in terms of writing. You look at other writings uh, yeah. and you compare him next to Father Ripperger, it's, they're like comic books compared to him. And what, he writes academic he tomes, tomes like like uh, St. Charles Borromeo and Thomas Aquinas on the, on the issue of demonology. Yes, yeah, I have to tell you, when you ask him questions like, Father, are, are you doing much writing today? Have you done a little bit? Of, he goes, have you done some writing on this, Father? And he says, yeah, I guess I could say I did a fair amount. Fair amount. I mean, you were talking a huge amount. He did a book years ago on mental health. Remember that book? It's about two inches thick. Yeah, no, six, no, four six inches fun. thick, dude. Six, six font. Yes. And, and so my point to you is, like, you know, God raises up people like that when the church has a need. Like, for example, Jesse, there are dioceses who don't think they need to have an exorcist because many of these priests and even some bishops don't believe that there's a devil. Right? Or, they may, or, or, or I'll be saying something unpopular. They yeah. may be working for Satan. Yeah, they, it could be. But could be. you see, what's happening is Father Chad Ripperger is so busy. He's running around. We're so blessed to have him come once a year to teach us about the spiritual warfare yeah. and how to protect our families. I would say if you ever get to one conference, this would be the one to go to. As a matter of fact, they're telling me that last year's conference is still on video or uh, streaming services so if you still want to watch last year because you missed it you can you, know, you won't miss it by going to vmpr.org but i will say this jesse you have he has taken you under his wing okay because yes, it's 2013 yeah, you, i remember you going down to that in la i remember the story yeah all that and he has given you uh he, you're like one of his his uh, little, little students, yeah, and you just yeah. took everything. That's a fair statement. Yeah, I think so. You're a student of yeah. him. And right. so what you're always saying is nothing more than what you've been learning. This isn't right. Jess Romero no. you know, coming up with these ideas. Are you kidding me? No. All right. Yeah, I, I, uh, I spend a week with him, and me and my wife spend a week with him every year in training. Wow. Since 2013, he'll have, he'll have a, a private training in an undisclosed location for exorcists. And people that are in exorcism teams, and uh, I go every year since 2013. Awesome. So, Terry, let's talk about the um, oh, the ten the, forgotten, the 10 forgotten facts. facts about and, and Fatima. First of all, I don't know. Been, I don't know if we'll get through all of them. No, but we're, we're not going to get. But you know what I want to encourage people to do yeah. because it's really simple. There's so much on the internet on Fatima, yeah. Yeah. and and I, you know, Pope Pope Paul VI said Fatima is a reaffirmation of the gospel. Mm-hmm. The story of Fatima. I would even first of all go um, see the movie that's on the YouTube channel for Fatima. That way you get, you know, okay, so that gets you a taste. But I have talked to hundreds of people, Jesse, on the Fatima message where mm-hmm. this is what brought them to convert back to their Catholic faith. Because you know what they said to me? I had a priest friend, Father Ron Tangen. He said, Terry, I was in the military. Someone gave me a little fa- a, a leaflet on the message of Our Lady of Fatima. I looked at that. I was living a debauchery life. And I said, wow, I read the thing about hell that the kids had in July of 2017. I said, he goes, Terry, I want you to tell you, I knew I was, I was destined to go to hell the way I was living. I needed to change. The Fatima message got me to go to confession and start praying my daily rosary, going to mass, adoration. See, it's all Eucharistic. So this message is so important. And when we come back from the break, we'll cut some of the 10 forgotten facts. But if you'll notice, 
Jesse and you, everybody who listens, they know at the end of the show, I always say, and Our Lady of Fatima yep. said, souls are going yep. to hell because no one is there to make mm-hmm. sacrifices and to praying for them. This is the message right now for our world because the world is going, I mean, I'll be honest, Jesse, Jesse you know, when is the world going to end? Probably at my death for me. That's how it yeah. worked for a lot of us, most of us. Yeah, but you're right. if the Lord calls it t- closing time, I wouldn't be surprised. And I mean, yeah. I'll tell you why, because we haven't adhered to the gospel message that Fatima's talking That's about. That's right. And you know what? If, if, if it happens in our lifetime, <gasps> so be it. Let God find us, uh, you know, with our hand to the plow. Exactly. As he says, put your hand to the plow and don't look back. What, is, what does he mean by that? He means keep on fishing. Yeah. Keep on winning souls. Keep on winning souls for the kingdom. Our job is to fish. God's job is to decide when the world and when your world is going to end. And St. Ignatius of Loyola in the spiritual exercises was asked that question. What happens if God calls you home today? What would you be doing? And his answer was, whatever my daily duty is to called me to do at, in my monastery or in my work as a priest, I'm going to do that because that's how I sanctify the day. And so for all of us who are saying, I'm worried the end of the world's coming. What are you worried about? As long as we're living in the state of grace, we have nothing to worry about. See, that's easy to say, hard to do. Yeah, it is. It takes work. But you know what? I'm meeting with a couple today, Jesse, at 4 o'clock, who I coached as a Little League team guy, and he wants to come to the Catholic Church. He's non-Catholic. Wow. He wants to get married. Praise I'm going to be Lord. sitting down and going, guess what I'm giving him? Bishop Sheen. But why am I? Because his life is sucks without God. Let's just be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we talked a little around the phone. I said it does, doesn't it? I said, yeah, that's because you got to have God in your life, dude. Sit down. We'll meet with you tomorrow. That's today. Please pray for that meeting, folks. <laughs> we come back, we'll talk more about Our Lady Fatima. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, Here's Terry and Jesse. Ten things we should know about Fatima. We'll just get into the meat of it, yeah, Terry. We'll go, it, yeah, go point, point number six, where yeah, it talks about the six. first five Saturday oh, devotions. Oh, that's important. We have that here at our chapel. Go ahead. Yeah, you, you need to well, get the article. Go to our show page, dmpr.org yeah. or jesseromero.com. Yeah. It's, it's an article worth reading and keeping and reading over and over again. And, and okay. Jesse, go ahead. Point number six, first yeah. five Saturday devotion. Yeah. Hit it. The original request of Our Lady asks one to confess and receive communion on five consecutive first Saturdays to say five decades of the rosary, Mm -hmm. to meditate during 15 minutes on the mysteries of the rosary for the purpose of making reparation to the Immaculate Heart of Mary in reparation for the sins of men. Mm -hmm. In subsequent private uh, visions and apparitions, however, Sister Lucia presented to our Lord the difficulties that devotees encountered in fulfilling some conditions. With loving condescension and solicitude, our Lord deigned to relax the rules to make this devotion easy to observe. Here's what our Lord told Sister Lucia. Mm-hmm. Quote, first bullet, confession may be done on, uh, on other days other than the first Saturday, so long as one receives our Lord worthily and has the intention to ma- of making reparation to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Yep. Second bullet. Even if one forgets to make, to make the intention, it may be done on the next confession, taking advantage of the first occasion to go to confession. 
third bullet. Sister Lucia also clarified that it is not necessary to meditate on all mysteries of the rosary on each first Saturday. One or several suffice. Mm -hmm. With such latitude granted by our Lord himself, there is no reason for the faithful to hesitate or delay this pious practice in the spirit of reparation, which the Immaculate Heart of Mary urgently asks the five first Saturday devotions. And let's get into the reasons for the five first Saturday devotions. This may seem academic to some, but it would be a good to recapitulate here the reasons for what they can be forgotten. Devotion have intentions attached to them. Remember that. And knowing them adds merit and weight to the practice. So the five first Saturdays correspond to the five kinds of offenses. This is important. Blasphemies committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Check this out. Number one, blasphemy against the Immaculate Conception. Number two, blasphemies against her virginity. Number three, blasphemies against her divine maternity. At the same time, the refusal to accept her as the mother of all men. Number four, instilling indifference. Wow. Scorn and even hatred towards the Immaculate Mother in the hearts of children. Number five, direct insults against her sacred images. Number six, a great miracle denied. Jess, I have a Protestant minister from Calvary Chapel who now is at our chapel, uh, you know, for the Anglican Ordinariate. And you know him too, Rob. And uh, oh, yeah. he's a Catholic. He's very devoted to uh, the um, Legion of Mary. He leads our first Saturday devotions, giving talks on Fatima. And he talked about how he He's a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, he said, I didn't realize I was offending our Blessed Mother as a Protestant because I didn't see, you know, the whole issue of devotion to her. So Sister Lucia revealed later in her life that these miracles of the sun could have been much greater had children not been abducted by Arthur Abuelina Santos, the cruel and convincing conniving. Admi- yeah, conniving administrator. And let me just say something. I met a priest, Father Don O'Connell, who saw that in Ireland, Jesse, wow. in 1937. He saw that image. And so why are we bringing all this up, Jesse? Because this is real. Think about all the newspapers. And this article shows you the newspapers reported about all this. We don't have a lot of time to talk more about it. But the fact of the matter is... The, the uh, miracle took place. Non-Catholics, non-believers were mesmerized. They were converted. The, the rain uh, that had been raining, the, the sun came out. All the clothing that the people were wet, it's all dry. The mud, no more mud. This miracle took place with about 70,000 people. So here's the question I ask you, our listener. Is it true? Yes. And if it's true, then we have to embrace that Fatima message because, like I say, it's a reaffirmation of the gospel. And if people don't believe this is happening, every single year, yeah. uh, TFP.org and American East Fatima oh, yeah. puts out uh, just just a, a, a just an, an advice or, or just a notification to Catholics yeah. of another Hollywood movie yeah. attacking the Blessed Virgin Mary. Yeah. Hollywood, at, once a year, probably maybe once every two years, They'll make a movie attacking the Blessed Mother. One of these five areas that Terry just read. Yeah. This is consistent. You also have one of the leaders of Black Lives Matter. I remember he said that he was calling BLM to go tear down statues of Jesus and Mary. You'll find Satanists do the same thing. So people are saying, are you kidding? Come on. When is Mary blaspheme? When is when you look when you read the Fatima message all the time in America? 
by these secular humanists and Satanists and by these anarchists. Uh, you know, th- this is something that's that's pretty common in America. Uh, I, w- I want to go to the section where it says Jacinta's last word. Before you do that, Jess, I just want to let you know, Father Stephen, who was at my house last night, he's going to stay for a couple days. They're working on a new Fatima movie at the same time we're talking about Fatima. And so there's another movie. We'll let all our listeners know about that. But let's get to number 10, Jacinta's last words. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, uh, St. Jacinta, rest in peace, uh, or or pray for us, should I say? Yeah, she's a saint. She's a saint, yeah. Not rest in peace, pray for us. Uh, St. Jacinta's last words were tempered and molded Mm -hmm. by extraordinary penance and sacrifice. Mm -hmm. 10-year-old Jacinta proved to be precocious and prophetic in her visions of things she had many private apparitions and countless revelations by the blessed mother so we're going to give you we'll go back and forth we'll give you a list of some of the things that she saw such was her supernatural illumination and holy wisdom that mother godinho the directress of the lisbon orphanage where Jacinta stayed prior to her death in the hospital could could only ask in awe and wonder who taught you all <laughs> yeah, really these blown things. away. So the following statements that Terry and myself oh, are going to share will go back and forth. Yeah, go ahead, yes. Uttered by Jacinta, yeah. show, by St. Jacinta, showed her depth of soul in face of the moral decay ravishing the world. And remember, this is a hundred and some years ago, Jess. Hit it. <laughs> First bullet, Jacinta says, yeah. and these were all told to her by Our Lady. Yep. Quote, the sins which cause most souls to go to hell are the sins of the flesh. Uh, can, can I hear sixth and ninth commandment? Think about that now, Jesse, with pornography and oh, the internet, which much worse. On the phone, Terry. Of course. On number, the phone. Number two, to be pure of body is to keep chastity. To be pure in soul is not to commit sins, not to look at what one should not see, not to steal, never to lie, always to tell the truth, however hard it may be. Wow. Here's number three. Yep. So, 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 uh, St. Jacinta said this, Our Lady told her this, way before the bikini was invented. The, key, the bikini was invented like 25 years in France after this, right. after this apparition. Our Lady told St. Jacinta, fashions that will greatly offend our Lord will appear. People who serve God should not follow, uh, should not follow fashions. The church has no fashions. Our Lord is always the same. All I can tell you is just look at the... Uh, uh, the red carpet when 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 actors are making a movie, yeah. then they have what's called oh the, this actress is going to walk the red carpet. Look at the way they dress. All the Hollywood Emmy Awards, Grammy Awards. Look at the way the females dress, and even in New York, Terry Cardinal Dolan, yeah. uh, Timothy Dolan, he participated. It was called the the net the Met Gala oh, affair. Horrible. It was horrible. Uh, and and he was taking pictures with women that were. Scantly loosely dressed, clad, yeah. Yeah, that's right. should I say. You know, another one, doctors do not have the light to cure the sick because they do not have the love of God. Wow. See, you know, this is something, another one, priests should only occupy themselves with the affairs of the church. Priests should be pure, very pure. The disobedience of priests and religious to their superiors and to the Holy Father greatly offends our Lord. And I love this about religious women. To be a religious woman, it's necessary to be very pure in soul and body. What about marriages, Jess? Oh, is, many, many marriages mm-hmm. are not good. Yeah, what, they do, they do not, pl- they do not please our Lord, 
and they are not of God. Next bullet. Oh my gosh. Confession is a sacrament of mercy. Therefore, one must approach the confessional with confidence and joy. The other one. Next, my godmother, pray much for those, pray much for those who govern. Woe to those who persecute the religion of our Lord. Wow, looks like she's talking to Biden a hundred yeah. years ago. You think? If the go- and the and the and the left, if the Democrat, if the government left the church in peace and gave freedom to the holy faith, it would be blessed by God. And what about wow. wars, Jesse? Wars are nothing but punishment for the sins of the world. There you go. And the last one is, Our Lady can no longer hold back the arm of her beloved Son from the world. It is necessary to do penance. If people change their ways, our Lord will still spare the world. But they, but if they do not. The chastisement will come. And Jesse, that's why I continue to say that we uh, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Our Lady said it. We can participate in the salvific work of Jesus Christ who died on the cross by uniting our sufferings with the sufferings of Christ. And if it's a brother, or a spouse, a son, friend, all these people... Every action can become like a blank check. If yeah. Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. That's right. Again, I want to recommend that people go online, and you can see the article we have, but there's so much on the Internet, yes. good stuff on the, on the message of Fatima. And I hope next the first Saturday next month, if you're in Southern California, come to our chapel, 3 o'clock, and then we have uh, confessions that follow, and then we have a vigil mass. And uh, this is implementing a peace plan from heaven. Oh, hey, Mary Danielle, you're here? Let's get Mary Danielle. Tell us about the Bible with the Barbers, Mary Danielle. We got a minute. <laughs> welcome, welcome. We're talking about Our Lady of Fatima. We'll get you. all fired up. I know. That's pretty exciting. So thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking about, um, can we hide from God? Some of us think <laughs> we can. We can hide behind Ooh. our entertainments. We can hide behind our music. We can hide behind our videos and our movies, yes. our feverish activity. Hmm. You know, we're, Bishop Sheen once said, uh, what's wrong in our society is we have too many go-go's and not enough come. I remember. Mm. Well, that's up next, folks, on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Get the uh, get our app by going to vmpr.org, and that way you can hear this show any other, anytime, anytime on our, on our app. You'll pick up all the other shows at the same time. Jess Romero, what state should we be living in, brother? Let's live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Pray a rosary every day. Go to Mass as often as possible. Become holy or die trying. Life is short. Eternity is forever. Harry, take it away. Hey, remember, you can't have love at the expense of truth. That's the message we want to give. It's the truth that sets us free. And again, check out Our Lady of Fatima's message by on the Internet. Check it. Watch the movies on Our Lady. Uh, it's just really important that we implement the Fatima message. So let's offer our prayers for the salvation of souls. And again, up next is the Bible with the Barbers. If you don't have our app, you won't be able to hear it. So just go to vmpr.org, download the app, and all of our shows that we have are there, all the podcasts and wealth of information. Thanks again for listening, and may God richly bless you.